0: You might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight.
1: Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck, and this is another edition of Metal Tales from the Road. And on the phone via Skype from Houston, Texas, we have our good friend and listener of the show and Patreon, Mr. Mike Fail.
0: Hey, Ethan. Uh, Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, we're glad to have you, man. And uh, I have to apologize. Before we started recording, uh, you told me the correct pronunciation of your last name, which I thought was Fell. But it is fail, as in the god that failed. <laughs> um, I will take that. So I've never
0: you, used that one to describe it, but I, I that may be. the Why go-to have you from not done on. that? I have no oh idea. My gosh, that's the new go-to. That
1: yes, that has to be the new go-to. Like if someone's like, "Hey, how do you pronounce your last name, dude?" You're like, "It's fail, as in the god that failed." <laughs> that has to be how you you, you use that yep. every time now. I done. Okay. I got it. <laughs> there it is. All right, it's official here on Melbier Podcast. <laughs> um, so we're talking to Mike because, uh, on the Metal tales, from the road series, we're talking to, uh, Metallica fans, metal podcast fans who are Patreons who, uh, have gone to recent shows, whether it's on the worldwide tour or in this case, this is kind of an off show, uh, Austin city limits festival, which takes place over the course of two weekends. Um, it's the same lineup each weekend. I've done it. I've been there, uh, when I worked with Kings of Leon, it's an awesome festival, great lineup usually every year. And, uh, so Mike was there last night as, as we're recording this today is October 7th. The show is October 6th. Mike was there last night, drove home to Houston today. And, uh, we're going to get into that, but let's start Mike with, uh, maybe a little history of you in Metallica and how you got into the band. When, when did you first come online with the band?
0: Yeah, for me, it was, um, it was black album. Right. So it was when you guys had the 91 episode a couple weeks ago, that, that was sort of a turning point when Black Album and Nevermind and 10 and all of those came out and hit the airwaves and and that sort of changed everything. And that's when I came online and, and it just picked up steam from there. I had a buddy who had, um, been into justice, but I didn't know much about it. Right. And, uh, so started going back after that.
1: Dude, I mean, that's basically my story, but with, but I started on justice. You know, you, you discover something, it blows your mind, it changes your life, and then you're like, I need more, I need more. So you go, and, go to the back catalog and, and keep going back, 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 back. And next thing you know, you're discovering all these great records from the 80s that they made that, you know, to this day, you know, stand the test of time.
0: Yeah, and we're about the same age, right? You're turning 40 here this year, right? I'm turning 40 in a week. Okay. Well, happy birthday. But yeah, I, I got it yeah, coming up in a couple you. of thank months you. or next month. So, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, right around that same time. And I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. And so we didn't even have MTV. So I wouldn't have even seen the, uh, the one video or anything like that. So it's when black Album started oh, wow, getting airplay okay. on radio. That's, that's what, what did it. And then everybody had to have a copy. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. And that, and that was also such a, an insane time for music. In the early '90s, not only with Metallica in the Black Album, but you mentioned Nevermind and Ten by Pearl Jam. Um, you know that early Soundgarden stuff. It was a crazy time for music because a lot of that '80s glam rock stuff was just getting basically pushed down into the gutter, and this whole new wave of new music, is specifically grunge, but Metallica was one of those bands that kind of, kind of. They obviously they're never glam; they hated that stuff, but they were a band that had you know survived all the '80s and gotten success. Pushed through into the nineties to make this record that all of us would go on to know and love forever and ever. And it still sells thousands of copies a week. Um, and it was such a special time back then. Like, like, so if you're about my age, so you were probably, you know, like a junior high ish age when that came out.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Like what, like what, like, what, like, what were your thoughts? When, so was the first song you heard enter Sandman, I assume?
0: I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly, but I'm sure it had to have been right. because um, before that, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what their, what their flavor of music is. And I'd started to get right. it into a bit of bit of rock, but not the glam stuff so much. I'd been listening to Scorpions and Appetite and, you know, you get into things and you kind of find your way and, and yeah, right. it had to have been Sandman, and it just it just stuck. And the Black Album was on heavy rotation for well, still is, right? But but forever from that point <laughs> it on, it has to be
1: exactly. Well, yeah, but like I said earlier, I mean, it was it was such a an insane, insanely different time for music where we we saw firsthand whether it was through the radio or through MTV, we saw an entire generation of music kind of get laid to waste you know, with, with bands like Metallica, bands like Nirvana, the early nineties were such a special time for music. And if and if you're old enough to remember that, that's great. If you're not, you had to be there because it really was something special. And like music really changed at that point. Probably I would say for the good until probably the late nineties when like, you know, some pretty bad rap rock came out. <laughs> um, hey, I you
0: enjoyed know, some good, some, some
1: bad. Yeah, sure. At the time it was your taste, but you know, <laughs> Uh, For my taste, it was Rage Against the Machine. Also in the early '90s, you know the guys that kind of started all that. uh, Post Aerosmith, Run DMC, of course. But um, so you get into the Black album, you're instantly a fan. So what was the? Do you remember off the top of your head what was the first Metallica record you went went back to in their back catalog?
0: It was um, well, actually, I probably I think I was a member of Columbia House. Right, if you remember Ooh. that, and you get all the CDs course, and everything yeah. else, so I think the next time, like I rejoined Columbia House or whatever that was, I think I went back and got them all at the same time, um, and just oh, dove nice. in okay. head first and and just filled it out all at once. And but it, but one was the song that sort of kicked off going backwards, um, and and it's still you know a favorite to this day.
1: Of course, yeah. Well, and that's a perfect song to you know if you're if you're getting into the Black Album, and you listen to one you know, the first, you know, half of that song is kind of like, okay, this, this is similar to what I'm listening to on the black album. But once it jumps into the thrash section, it's kind of like, Oh shit, this is, this is something yeah. different that I've never heard before. And then I'm, you know, like a lot of us that makes us go back into the back catalog. Then you go to puppets and garage days and lightning and kill them all. And then your, your mind is blown at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So let me ask you this, man, what, what was your, uh, your first Metallica concert?
0: First concert, um, 98. So it was on poor retouring me. Um, mm-hmm. that was when, uh, so I saw that show in Milwaukee at, uh, Marcus Amphitheater downtown and, okay. um, they had Cantrell opening for them. And that was the, when they were doing the, the three acoustic, songs you know headed by low man's lyric and and sort of picking up from there um so that right, was a wow. that was a, a a special kind of set and it was funny cuz we we had been watching and tickets sold out right away and I was in college we didn't have any money and then a buddy of mine for whatever reason was on ticketmaster and is, some tickets had opened up really late um you know they'd been held for something and they didn't they didn't go so they put them on the market and we got them and so we were um, you know, it's awesome. so a standard amphitheater seats and the lawn and we were, I don't know, five rows backstage, right. Um, which was fantastic. Wow. And, uh, yeah. cause I, I, and for that show in particular, um, days of the new was the very, was the opener and they came out after their set and they sat down the row behind me to watch the show, which oh, was wow. hilarious.
1: So th- So that was probably like like the opening band slash guest list section.
0: Yeah, if I had
1: to take a wild guess. But so you're on you're you're five rows back on stage, right? So you're on Jason's side, right?
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Oh man, that's so cool. I I I, got to say, I'm I'm very jealous that you got to see Metallica with Newstead because I never got to see that.
0: Yeah, and and I still, when I think of Metallica, I think of Jason. I love Rob, but Jason's still the guy, right? And so he's the one that I think of when I visualize them in my mind, right?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, as far as your first live experience goes, I mean, you're, you're five rows back from him, watching him do his thing, do his amazing backup vocals, his gang vocals, you know... What an experience to see! You know, I mean, my first show was in Australia on the Death Night Neg tour. So my first show seeing Metallica was Rob, which who I love. as we can all all can agree. Um, But yeah, I mean, all the years of watching footage of Jason and stuff, like I really wish I could have seen that. And uh, yeah, I got to say, I'm 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 jealous that you got to see that. And I'm sure nowadays, you know, having Rob been in the band for longer than Jason now it's probably pretty cool for you to look back and, and, and remember that show on the portrait me tour where it's like, man, I got to see Newstead with Metallica.
0: Yeah. And I, I saw them, I saw Jason with them one more time cause they did some shows right around uh, January 1st, 2000 in the Midwest. And, given what happened, they weren't doing a lot of touring 2000, 2001, 2002. Right. And, uh, um, right. so seeing Jason then that was, I don't know, he, he only had a couple dozen more shows after that left with the band there wasn't a whole lot that he did before he ended up leaving. And so I got to see him twice, which was nice.
1: Man, that's awesome. That's a, that's such a cool story. And yeah, as we know, Jason, Jason's last performance was, you know, playing fade to black on, on uh, was that the, that was the MTV award? No, that was the grand. What was it? God, I'm so bad. I'm blanking right
0: now. Yeah. Well, the
1: fan, the fan, it was a, it was a, uh, award show where the fans got to vote which song Metallica was going to play. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. It was yeah. between
1: like three songs or something and, and they ended up playing fade to black and that was Jason's last performance. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, you, you didn't, you know, it wasn't lo- not long after that you saw Jason two times that he was gone, man. And, and, uh, yeah, I think that was a great, a great era of the band that you got to see them in. And um man, that's so cool. Um so before we 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 burn down this set list from ACL, um, I have to ask two things. One, favorite Metallica record.
0: So it's gotta be ride. Okay. Yeah, ride the Let's lightning learn. all the way. It's yeah, and and If Clint was here, he'd be happy because I'm a load reload guy like him too. But, but ride is clearly my favorite, uh, of the bunch. If I had one album that I had to stick with throughout, it's, it's that one. No doubt.
1: Okay. So that's, that's the desert Island album. Yes. Very cool. All right. And second question, um, favorite Metallica song doesn't have to be on ride, but it could be, what is it?
0: It actually probably is. It's probably fade to black.
1: Okay, Nice. I mean, easily one of them. Hard to go you know. wrong with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I don't know if you lo- listen to it yet, but we, ha- we did the commentary on red lightning last week. I'm sorry. That comes out this Monday. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> we recorded a few days ago. So I'm, i I thought it already came out. Uh, you will hear it soon. Um, but we, yeah, we have some really, uh, cool and fun things to say about, about fade to black. Um, it's one of those songs that, you know, we throw in the, the ballad territory and, and, I think it slowly over the years keeps climbing the charts for me of, of my favorite Metallica ballad.
0: It has to right. It, it, there's it's it's almost a perfect song. So um, yeah, anytime I can hear that, and got to hear it hear it yesterday. It's it's great. It's it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it, it was in the set list yesterday at ACL. So let, let, speaking of that, let's let, let's kind of jump into. The set list here at ACL. Um, so ACL is, for those of you who don't know or who have not been paying attention to, to this episode so far, ACL is Austin City Limits. This is, look it up because there's a long history of Austin City Limits and live shows and they've done this in Austin for so long, um, but, but it's now become a festival and it started as one weekend, now it's two weekends and it's the same lineup each weekend. Um It takes uh, it takes place in a Zil- uh, is it Zilker Park, Yeah, right? Zilker Park. Yeah, which is in Austin. Um,
0: right near downtown,
1: right near downtown. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's such a cool festival. Um, it's close to downtown it, every year that it, there seems to be an amazing lineup every year. Like the year, the year that I was there with Kings and Leon, uh, the other headliner on the opposite stage was the cure.
0: Oh, wow. Which was amazing. I didn't that get had to, to be see killing it, you like, to not get over there to see it. Yeah,
1: dude, let me tell you. So <laughs> with, with, so the cure closed down one stage and then Kings and Leon closed down another stage. While the cure was playing, I was on the other stage, like getting ready, like line checking, getting ready for the King set. And I could hear them playing all their hits, like pictures of you, Friday, I'm in love. It was just insane. Um, so I got to hear the set, but I, I didn't get to actually walk over there and watch them.
0: Oh, but that's so cool. You got to hear them.
1: Yeah. I heard it from a distance, which was cool enough, but, um, yeah, they're, And for those listening, you know, Mike obviously is, is, is a Cure fan. If you have not listened to The Cure, do yourself a favor and push pause on this and please go listen to The Cure. They have a, a ton of great records. Disintegration is probably their most popular record and has incredible songs on it. But go through their catalog because it's, it's fucking great.
0: And, and you, you agree, mentioned... I yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you mentioned set lists or uh, the 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 lineup for these kinds of shows this year no different right McCartney played Friday night and I didn't end up going to that one I've seen him before but still to go McCartney Metallica on Friday Saturday two weekends in a row you, that that's hard to beat
1: yeah I mean you've got you basically have the biggest metal band of all time and you have like a fucking beetle like headlining <laughs> this festival I mean it's, he's a beetle yeah you can't go wrong with that
0: Yeah, no matter seventy two or whatever he is, I looked it up. He still put out like he still got in thirty one songs or something on Friday night, which is crazy.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And 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 he's you know he's one of those dudes that like a lot of guys that are from like legendary bands. They get older. Maybe their records aren't so good anymore, but he still puts out good quality stuff. He's still a great songwriter. So, kind of walk us through like kind of your day getting to acl like were, were you there just for metallica or were you kind of going to see other bands or were you like getting on the rail right away first thing when you got there for the headlining slot for metallica
0: yeah no i was not doing that it it was hot yesterday uh, props to those who did it but but they're crazy um oh uh, yeah <laughs> it, so i had originally you know bought tickets for a buddy of mine and I here in Houston and we were going to drive over and do it, do this, do the whole thing, drive over Saturday morning. But my wife, um, has some friends in Austin and so she decided, Hey, we're going to come along bring the kids. So we drove over Friday night, um, got a hotel and then Saturday morning went and hung out with, with our friends and let the, let the boys run around do all that stuff. And so, uh, my buddy and I didn't actually end up leaving for the show until about 4th, between four, four thirty, um, got an Uber oh, okay. over there and, and got in fairly easily. And so, you know, we got in, grabbed a beer and started walking towards the main stage, not knowing what, you know, what it was going to actually look like. Um, cause Deftones were opening up, um, the right before Metallica. Oh, and, man. and so we walk over there and we just keep walking and all of a sudden we're, you know, 50, 60 feet from the sort of, the, the the snake pit where it juts out and that that yeah. front mic and so we got pretty close for showing up relatively late um in the day so yeah but we were we were pretty stoked to see Deftones and and headed straight there um right over to see that to see their set
1: man that's awesome and were you a Deftones Deftones fan before
0: yeah I've I've loved them for a long time too and so we were excited to see them but unfortunately the uh they had some technical problems in the set that was pretty bad
1: um oh shoot like uh, what what kind of stuff
0: well so there was there was feedback coming through the speakers and they couldn't figure it out um and during the first song it's deftones you know there's a little bit of feedback in their 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 whole sound anyway so i think people were looking around trying to figure out is this intentional or not and it was clearly not um a lot of static, a lot of crackle. The low end was not coming through. And they kept changing out mics for Chino and just they couldn't figure it out. And three, four songs in, oh, I don't remember what it was. He had a he had a he had one of the wireless mics and he just turned it and just flung it at the backdrop. He was clearly upset with what was going Ooh,
1: on. That sucks. And they,
0: so they get him a new mic, they do the next song. And and they were doing it was a barn burner set list. They were doing their greatest hits, right? They had an hour at Austin yeah, City yeah. Limits. They do one more song, fight through it, and they walked off. Uh, really?
1: So how, how many songs in was this?
0: Uh, like five songs in, and they walked off. The whole
1: band, yep. The whole band walked off.
0: Yep. And wow, you could see the tech scrambling, right? And they, I, I, I think it was. I, <laughs> I thought it was on the lead guitar, but I couldn't, you know, obviously I had no idea because it was sort of when he would come in is that when it would pick up and, um, they quick made all their adjustments, did the fastest mic check on everything I've ever seen. And then they came back out, you know, made a bit of a joke about it and and powered through, but they were, they were clearly not happy about it. They were down for about maybe 10 minutes.
1: Okay. Well, that's not bad considering like, when when there's a, a lot of technical difficulties. Uh, as a tech and, and, and audio crew and stuff like that, when things go that bad, it sounds like they maybe made the right call where they walked off stage and then the crew came out and said, all right, let's suss all this out, figure out what's wrong, bring them back out to finish their set. But, um, I mean, who knows what the story was. I mean, they, they could have not done a sound check and just jumped up there real quick. The, the techs did a line check and just threw them out on stage but you never know those situations man i mean when when technical stuff goes that wrong where the band walks off stage either someone's like basically like you know being a little baby and just wants to get out of there or it's that <laughs> bad where they have to walk off and kind of reset
0: and and this was that bad they had to there there was no choice yeah when they came back there was so still a they... little bit of hum but it sounded it sounded much much better and the low end That's was good. coming through and it was great so
1: that's good. So, Deftones finish. Someone else is playing on the other stage while Metallica's crew is yeah. setting them
0: up. Yeah, Nelly. Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see the second stage no. from a distance, and Nelly's yeah. out there. Out, yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh man. <laughs> good old, good old Nelly. The, I would say maybe arguably maybe the perfect setup for Metallica. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> we were joking how, you know, he'll be playing hot in here when, when creeping death comes on. So.
1: Right. Exactly. I wish he was playing hot, uh, hot in here when fight fire came on if they, <laughs> if they were to play that, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, But this is also kind of the, the beauty of a festival like this, like, you know, like Nelly or not, this is a festival that has such a diverse lineup, which is very cool. Like, sure. It's fun to go to like an all metal festival or an all hip hop festival or reggae festival, whatever. But I, you know, a lot of the festivals that I worked with or uh, worked on with Kings and Leon, you know, they were very diverse. And I love that about those festivals. Like you can go watch a rock band, go walk, watch, a soul band, watch a reggae band, metal band, whatever. So like yeah, and or this not. was
0: this was very much that that kind of a setup, right? A lot of folk, a right. lot of pop. and and so it's a you know, compared to what the the worldwide tour has been, I think it was a bit of a younger right. crowd for Metallica, too. And so I was curious to see how you know, would the crowd stick around, you know, there were you know selfie boosts set up and you know, not the typical sort of Metallica <laughs> setup but sure but yeah there was um there was definitely a vibe going on cuz there was the mix of the people that were out for the day just to enjoy the festival and everything going on and there was the there were the Metallica fans that were coming in just for them right so it was a, right, it was an exactly. interesting mix but a bit of a younger crowd um cuz i was at madison when they opened the two tu- this leg of the tour a couple what a month ago right, or so yeah. and um yeah, there was definitely there—a bit of an older, older crowd coming in for these arena shows, and this was this was not that. Yeah, it was a bit of a mix of everything. So for, oh, okay, for a band cool. like Metallica, though, thirty five years of metal band still to, to be asked to headline Saturday at Austin City Limits, I, they had to have been excited about it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And 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 kind of moving into the set list here, I mean, it, it's clear that they kind of did a. a a bit of a best of set list minus new songs because you know maybe these younger crowds don't know the new songs but you know they kind of play it a little safer on the festivals and stuff you know they want to play the songs that everyone knows um so let's kind of dip into the set list you know of course we we have the ecstasy of gold which has been done forever now um at this point it's kind of uh, you know a metallica classic intro you can't not do that right yeah absolutely did you still, like having seen the band numerous times, did you still feel like that kind of energy creeping up when that song started playing?
0: When that one came on? Yeah. Um, that was about to rock had come on. It was about halfway through the ACDC, you know, just audio before yeah. the ecstasy comes on. It was about halfway through before I, my brain kicked in and it was like, Oh yeah, it's coming up. Right. Um, oh, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, but the, the crowd seemed to really realize that ecstasy was the start too. As soon as that first note hits, people were, were into it. And so, yeah, there's still that, uh, that bit of excitement when you hear it kick in and then the video boards come on and, um, right. And here we go. And they were, they were right on time too. If anything, they were still early because we could hear Nelly still going on the second stage when ecstasy kicked in.
1: (laughs) They're like, all right, enough of this, en- enough of getting hot in here. Let's <laughs> jump right into Hardwired. <laughs> so they they do the they do the one two punch that they've been doing on this entire tour since the very beginning of the Stadium Tour here in the U.S. We have Hardwired and Atlas Rise. Uh, I've seen it twice. You've already seen it. I'm sure multiple times at this point, but it's still exciting to me. I, I love that they're really focusing on the new record still, even though it's you know pushing a couple years old now but it's still just, it, it's, it's a great intro. Once you punch hardwired into Atlas, how was it, how was it for you at ACL?
0: It, it, it is, it's great. Yeah, hardwired I think the perfect opener, right? It's, it's fast and it's heavy and it, and, you know, it's taking on prisoners right in, to, right off the bat and they sounded great. You know, whatever technical difficulties Deft Jones had, they were gone. Um, because this was flawless in terms of the audio and, Atlas sounded great. And the crowd was, the crowd was into it because like you said, the younger crowd may not know the new stuff, but, but they, everybody was singing along with hardwired and, and Atlas sounded great. They were, um, yeah, it it couldn't have been better start. Um, given what they're trying to do on this, this tour.
1: Well, and, and it's, and it's nothing but an energetic intro when they do those two back to back. I mean, both those songs are, I'm sure yours and mine, two of my favorites on the record and a lot of fans. So even if you're not even if you're like a younger fan at a festival like ACL, you may not know these songs, but they're so fast and heavy and energetic that you might be like holy shit. Don't know these songs, but this is Metallica and it's it's fucking chaotic up there and the production's great. You can't deny the energy of these two songs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and they're, you know, for, for their heaviness and their speed, they're kind of catchy too. Right. And so, so if you don't know them, they'll still get you, they'll still hook you a bit.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's called just good songwriting by James Hetfield. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's just a good writer, man. I mean, he can take a heavy, fast ass song and make that chorus super catchy whereby the second one, everyone's singing along. Um, so we got hard, hardwired Atlas Rise, then we go right into the old school, which they've been doing on this tour recently since they picked back up Madison, and we get into Seek and Destroy.
0: Yeah, how was he, that? He did his in, the same intro where that he's been doing on this uh, on this tour, which is we're here to play some new stuff, but we're definitely here to play some old stuff, and and the crowd went nuts. Um, yeah, and and Seek's always great. I actually like it early in the set list. Um, it was fun when they used to close with it, but. Um, it, sure. it gets the old school fans right on board early in the set. And it's great that way it was, it was hot out too. um, you know, Texas in October, still pretty warm and James had ditched, <laughs> right. he had already ditched the battle vest. Um, cause you could just see it drip, dripping off of him. They were all just sweating cause it was probably still in the eighties. When they came on stage yeah, probably, even though it was dark out
1: pretty pretty humid
0: too yeah yeah because there had been some storms coming through but um the crowd got into it and everybody was sing along again and and it does what it's supposed to do right
1: yeah exactly well in and, and keeping with the old school i mean they, they do seek and destroy annihilate that and go straight into creeping death which is obviously one of their best live songs ever uh as many times as i've seen videos of it online all the way back to lightning through the decades to when I saw it in person in Philadelphia and Detroit or sorry, not in Detroit, just Philadelphia. Um, creeping death is just, I mean, it has become a Metallica staple live. Like it's, it's almost to the point where it's weird if they don't play it.
0: Yeah. And with a, with a festival, when you've got that many people and you're going to hear the, the die chant, you're going to see the fists in the air. There's no way to not play it when you've got that kind of a crowd. And it's it's a,
1: it's, it sorry to cut you off. I was going to say it, it is a crowd participation song, the die chant, like you said. Um Even to the point where you know, I know a lot of times in Europe, like, and now it's starting to bleed over in the states, where where the crowd will start to chant the riff of the song, like they'll yell out da 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 da, you know, and that's you know that's something that I've seen a lot in Europe where fans do, but it's starting to become a staple over here. So this whole song to me is nothing but like getting the crowd involved and getting them excited.
0: Yeah. And, and it it's perfect for that. It's a great song. Um, I was, I was hoping they were going to play it given the, the festival set. I didn't see it in Madison and, and couldn't have been happier when it came on. I thought they were going to play it and they did. Then they brought it. Oh dude, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad you I actually you got prefer, to see it. what I was going to say is I, pre- I actually prefer the live versions now because you can hear the energy, right? So if I go back and I want to listen to it, I'm in the car or something. The, the album version almost sounds kind of soft. Yeah, I, I want that cl- crowd energy. <laughs> so I'll go pull a live album and, right. go and put that on from Live Shit or something and 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 put that on.
1: Right, exactly. And like I said, it's one of those songs that like it's even even within the band, I think, I think you know, after all these years, decades of playing this song, they're still insanely excited to play this song to start it. Even if it's too fast a little bit, it's fine. That's, that's their adrenaline kicking in. The the four dudes up there when they when they jump into the song and Lars counts it off and it's da da, da 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 they know that the crowd's gonna go crazy and all that does is just fuel their adrenaline and I mean this song is just like relentless all the way through and you know it's 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 a staple man it's like like I said before it's 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 a weird thing when they don't include it in the set I mean I know they have a million hit songs and crowd favorites but it's weird when a creeping death is not in there yeah I'm glad they did it for you
0: yeah yeah it was great
1: all right so moving on next we have one of my favorite Metallica quote-unquote ballads sanitarium
0: yeah and this this is special because when you hit the five spot in the lineup on this tour and you guys have talked about it right it's a bit of an unknown of what are they going to pull out they've been doing right they've been doing some ballads they've they've surprised some crowds right and so i had you know the, the possibilities were almost endless sure maybe i would have liked a deeper cut but like you said they were going to play it a bit safe for a for a festival and to take sanitarium um yeah any day all day um it, it was it was a treat because i hadn't seen that in a while
1: And and it's also kind of surprising that, I mean, it is a festival set. It it is mostly like the hits and stuff, but they technically included like almost all of the quote unquote ballads of their catalog, Sanitarium, Fade to Black, and One. Yeah. Um, Obviously the the one missing would be The Day That Never Comes, but um, they didn't have to do Sanitarium because they've got Fade to Black and One in the set list. So they've got that kind of ballad set, you know, the slot in the set. Um, so I thought it was really cool that at a festival they did Sanitarium because, although not a deep cut, uh, maybe not something that you would throw out there for a festival crowd.
0: Yeah, no, to, to hear Sanitarium and when, you know, I wouldn't have expected that and Fade, like you said, in, in the same set. Um, that's not yeah, something exactly. that they're going to do very often, especially because, you know, and we'll get there, it's it's a bit of a shorter set. They I think they were two songs short of their normal their normal set list. If they're just headlining, their own on tour. Right. So they, right. they had to make yeah. some cuts and they still left this one in. So
1: I know, which is crazy. I, I, I thought, I thought when I looked at the set list, uh, when they posted it on Instagram, I thought, wow, that's a real treat for a festival crowd. Cause yeah, you're right. It's a shorter set, 16 songs. Um, yeah, a nice little treat in there. And then from there we get back into a new song. We got, uh, now that we're dead, how was that perceived by the crowd?
0: Um, I think, you know, it, it, the crowd gets a little bit softer, right? It's not one that everybody knows. Um, I was excited to see it without the drum solo.
1: Okay, so they didn't do the drum thing.
0: They did not, which is why I was completely surprised that they that they even played it, right? Because that was a song that, as soon as Hardwired came out a couple years ago, that caught me. I, I love the drums on that. I love the solo, and so yeah. you know, while I you know the you know they have fun with the drum solo bit when they when they break it down on the, on the tour, um, I was really excited to see them just burn it all the way down without the stop. And, and it was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, it was a bit special cause they haven't done that. I don't know if they've done that at all. Um, I haven't looked back, but you know, I, I think every other time they've played that live, they've had their drum intermission, right?
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. They, they've done, I mean, the two times I saw them on the U S tour of the stadium run, they did the drum thing. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily love it. Um, I, I get why they do it and I think it's cool, but I could personally do without it. So, but I get why they did it on this festival thing. It's like, you know, you got to kind of cram in a bunch of songs in a a specific slot where it's kind of like a hard deadline. Like you got to cut off by this time. So for them to do 16 songs, it's like, they're going to trim off the fat here. They're going to trim off the drum, the little drum circle thing, which is, is fine. Um, but, I, I, I man, I'm, I really wish I, I could see them do Now That We're Dead Live without the drum thing, and you got to see it.
0: Yeah. Did uh, Speaking of that, did you check it out at all? They were live streaming this on YouTube last night, and the whole show was actually up right now. Um, right. I checked so it out a little I, yeah. bit before we jumped on, and it's okay. it's not the feeds that were on the big screens, but it's— it's professional camera work and it looks and sounds pretty good. And so that's out there for anybody that wants to go check it out. Um, but yeah, they, they, they went all the way through and it, it was, it was what I could have wanted. The drum solo bit, um, it felt pared down a little bit in Madison for the arena leg. Um, they were still having fun with it, but, but I was happy to see the song without it.
1: Man. I, I purposely did not watch any of that stuff, knowing that we, you and I were going to get on the phone and talk about this show, because I wanted to be kind of surprised about things, and I didn't want to go into it and, like knowing everything that happened, so that's why I didn't watch it yet, but I will watch it after. Well, there you go, spoiler minutes. alert for you, so. <laughs> uh, damn it! <laughs> I know what happens now. Um, <laughs> so, moving on... Um, we jump right back into some old school. Of course, one of the best live Metallica songs of all time, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Crab walk and All, we get this song. And now, if people didn't know, now that we're dead, did this song kind of bring the crowd back up?
0: It did. And and uh, they did something that I don't remember them doing before, but I actually liked it. They let Rob um, lead into the song by himself. So the other guys took a break. Oh. Rob did a bit of a chant and repeat with the crowd to get them back up and, you know, sped it up and and got the crowd going and then went right in, you know, Lars kicked it off and then Rob went right into it from there. So I liked seeing, seeing them let Rob lead in, given the sort of bass intro to this song. And actually for the, they have, you know, they had the big screens, it's a festival. So you can, so the people, you know, hundreds of yards back and see what's going on. And I actually liked that the, the camera, for the big screen, stayed on Rob's fingers for the intro.
1: Oh, that's cool. for that's awesome. for
0: quite a while too, um, to where they just they just stayed with him, stayed with the bass until Kirk sort of comes in and takes over a little bit.
1: That almost, I mean, to me, that almost might be like a little bit of a tribute to Cliff because it was such a Cliff Burton song. Um, you knew you watch old footage, you know, from uh, what it was, uh, Day on the Green. Um, in Oakland, where you know they play the song, and it's like Cliff Burton, and it's like all denim outfit, and like that footage shows his fingers playing from the belt holes. So to me, it, it maybe I could be totally wrong, but maybe it was a little homage to Cliff. Like the dudes walk off stage, give him a break, and it's just Rob out there doing his thing, playing the intro, and it's just on his fingers because he obviously—I mean, everyone knows—he's a badass bass player. The dude is no joke. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. M- maybe, maybe, maybe it was a little bit of a homage, like, hey, focus on the fingers because that's what Cliff did. Who knows?
0: It would be cool if that's that's what it was. Either way, it was it was fun to watch that, you know. And and I tried to pay attention to that a bit just because of because of what song it was, right?
1: Right, exactly. Well, and from there, I mean, we we, we jump right into. It. By the way, this is song number eight, and this is already the third song off of Lightning. <laughs> um. We jump into Fade to Black, which you know your favorite song. So how how did, how was this one perceived live? How did it feel for you?
0: Oh, it's a huge crowd sing along. I was surprised, like I said, when they played it, given that it wasn't in the the sort of ballad slot earlier where Sanitarium was. So i didn't I didn't actually expect that we were gonna get it. Um, right. But you know, as um, they were finishing up Bells, I could see the the stand with the the acoustic coming out. And I actually uh, okay. thought they were going Unforgiven, um, which, which I love. I would have right?
1: th- thought the same, I would have thought the same thing.
0: And, and, you know, nobody could have blamed them had they done that. So, um, I love Unforgiven, but if it's a choice, I'll, I'll take Fade to Black.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I mean, th- you know, there's not much to say about Fade to Black other than it's an amazing song, e- equally, if not more amazing live, um, especially during that outro the da such an epic triumphant sounding outro for any song and live it's it's I've seen it live and it's like you get chills especially when that outro kicks in yeah I agree. um so going from that we I've been a little vocal <laughs> about this I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of the dood- the doodles um, let me ask you this so I didn't actually do much research on this only because I want to see what your thoughts are. So, Kirk and Rob do a little doodle of telephone song. The only thing I looked up, I literally I Googled telephone song. The first thing that came up was Lady Gaga with Beyonce. Did they do that?
0: No, they did not do the Lady Gaga one. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that's the, that is, you're right. That's the first thing you'll get when you Google it. It was uh, Steve Zack exactly. on.
1: Okay, because they're in Austin, Texas. Yeah,
0: of and and I was wondering going in, it, were they going to pull out Stevie Ray? Were they going to pull out Willie Nelson or ZZ Top or something? Right? What? Where do they go yeah. with that one? And it was, um, you know, they did just the instrumental bit. It's a bit, um, you know, uh, it's got a little bluesier riff than than some of their stuff that they're playing on this tour. Sure, and it it was a bit looser, but it sounded great. And the crowd actually seemed to appreciate it.
1: Well, that's good. Cause, cause often, oftentimes the whole doodle section where, uh, they're clearly like, you know, paying tribute to somebody from that city. And while that is very cool and very meaningful, sometimes the execution isn't always great. Uh, IE the Minneapolis, uh, Prince cover.
0: Yeah. Um, that one wasn't great. Which they wasn't, did stupid girl great, in Madison. Yeah um yeah which wasn't great either you know rob singing it and it was halfway through before i even realized what they were doing right so <laughs>
1: right and i i totally get that they're like you know okay so james and lars need a break um they're tired james needs a little, quick little vocal rest probably changed um, his, so shirt too. <laughs> change his shirt too changed his shirt changed guitars maybe his 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 pants maybe his undies who knows um but you know, I get it, like they need to break, hey, you guys go out there, fill some time, you know, tell some jokes, whatever, but yeah, the execution hasn't been always so great over the over the last couple of years of them doing this um for a while, they were doing like the I disappear thing on the stadium tour, um but fortunately, when all this is done, which it doesn't last long, it's not like it lasts for ten minutes, No. um fortunately, usually, when this is done, rob old Robert trujillo absolutely annihilates anesthesia
0: and nothing different last night. He, he, he pulled it out, got up front, you know, all alone lights on him. It's, it's pitch black outside and he's up on the big screen and they've got the, they've got the images of Cliff going on, on the other, uh, oh, on the other awesome. video bits. And it's, um, it's great. Yeah. I, I love hearing it. Um, actually I would, if they didn't do it now, I'd, I'd miss it.
1: It'd be weird, right? Yeah. Well, and and this is kind of one of those things, uh, at a, especially uh, in front of a festival crowd. That you know, you're playing a bunch of hits, a bunch of songs that, even though they weren't radio hits, are big Metallica songs.
0: This is not They like clearly going to cut this right.
1: Out. Well, I mean, guys like you and I like know this, and we think, oh, this is a, a, a peak moment in Metallica history. Um, but I love that they're in front of a festival crowd in Austin, Texas. Rob goes out there plays the anesthesia with images of cliff Mo- like half the crowd probably is like who's the guy in all denim on the screen i have no idea yeah but you you have this badass fucking bass player on stage and they they probably have no idea he played with ozzie and suicidal tendencies and infectious grooves who is playing anesthesia basically flawless um i love that they still threw it in there despite what the crowd might think or the majority of the crowd um, or even know about Metallica. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they're, but they've always done that. They do what they want to do and they exactly. assume that people are going to come with them because it's good. And that's exactly what happened.
1: Uh, yeah. And and then obviously, yeah, we support that. We are for it. Um, Always. Um, so we get from anesthesia and then we get into what I assume the, the fans that were in the crowd that maybe weren't so sure about all the Metallica songs. We get fuel, which, you know, say what you want about load and reload. I know you're a load reload cat. So is Clint. Uh, it took me a while to kind of come on board with those records, but now I love them. Fuel is just a damn staple again, like you know, much, much like other songs we've talked about. Um, how they do shows without playing this song is beyond me, but this song is so good live. Did they have pyro and all that stuff for fuel?
0: There was no pyro. I think it's, it may be an ACL thing where there was no pyro the whole night. Um, Okay. So, I mean, they had, you know, giant flames on the screen and everything else, but it gets everybody going. Everyone knows it. everybody sings along, you know, even if people for, had forgotten about the song somehow, cause they don't listen to, you know, rock radio and they hadn't heard it in right. 10 years. They instantly know it as soon as it comes in. Um, so, so that's, that's great coming out of the break, um, to bring it right, back. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I know when we saw it in Detroit, it was like we we had the full effect of actual pyro and flames coming off the top of the you know the the trusses way up top. It was a great effect, but I mean, even a festival crowd. I mean, there's not many people that don't know this song unless you're like living under a cave listening to nothing but pop music. But um, yeah, always an energetic song, and going from that right into "Moth into Flame." I mean, the next the next batch slot 9, 10, 11, 12 and 13 are yeah. fucking relentless dude. I mean, you got fuel and we go into moth into flame which we all know is such a great newer Metallica song off of Hardwired um translates live so well. Was was the crowd into this one?
0: They were and um uh which is nice to see again a newer song people getting into it. Um people singing along. So it's it's exciting to see that they're continuing to um, follow through with with hardwired and bring it out for for a set like this, um, you know, this kind nice. of a, a festival to play four off the new album. Um, they didn't have to do that, and and um, right. they did, and it sounds great. I love it. Uh, I hope it's a staple going forward because they can leave it in the slot for as long as they tour. As far as I'm concerned,
1: I mean, I. I I feel like, and I could be totally wrong, but I feel like, let, let's say, you know, looking to the future on the next album, whatever, I feel like at the very least, Atlas Rise and Moth and Flame should be staples from now on.
0: Yeah, I could see them putting in hardwired just because it's short, it's quick, it's punchy. You know, they rotate sure. that one in and out. It's, it, you know, I, I think sometimes they like having something that can get in and out of quick. But yeah, if they right, kept exactly. a couple of them around, um, you can't go wrong with Moth or Atlas.
1: Of course. Of course.
0: There were no drones. Um, so I, uh, got, you know, like they have been doing. So I got to actually pay attention to, to the band and not watch those things, you know, fly around above yeah. Lars's head.
1: See, I, I still, we, we still haven't seen the drones yet. We're going to see them in January when they come to Nashville. And I've, I've seen video of it. Uh, I have a friend that, that works on the Metallica tour. That's told me all about the drones and how it all operates. And it's so fascinating. And I can't wait to see that live. Um, but you know, I, I did see Moth into Flame without the drones, where they did the whole flame back and forth on the stage, and that was cool too. Um, but I'm excited to see that 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 newer production they introduced in Europe uh, with the drones. It, it's it's going to be amazing. I know. Um, yeah,
0: it, it's so, fun. You'll enjoy that when that when that hits.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so we jump into another classic. Go back to the Black Album. Did now? Did did Into Sabbath True? Did Hetfield do as usual? Like, do you want heavy?
0: Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> yeah,
1: he has to, right? Yeah, and there's by no this point, there's it. nothing else going that.
0: on at ACL. It's dark. They're they've got the full command of the crowd. He's got the the black snake bite out. Yeah, it's all yes. it's all classic from here on out, right?
1: Oh yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing but classics from here on out. I mean, it's you know, and I, I would even say moth and the flame as a modern classic. But you, you, so we go from that to Sabatru, and then. Of course, they cannot do a show without doing one, which is the next song. Um, sans Pyro, of course, I'm sure they still have the big intro with the audio of bombs dropping and guns firing and stuff like that, right?
0: They, they did. Um, you know, I, I thought the stadium tour was the best that I've seen them do that with the lasers going out and sort oh, of an extended so cool. intro, and they didn't have that, so... In terms of the backdrop behind them, they had two big screens. They didn't pull out the stadium screens, but they had sort of um, a a facsimile of the cubes, I guess, to where they had half Mm -hmm. cubes up there. And they were much bigger than um, what they've been bringing out on the arena tour. And I I looked and I I looked at pictures of McCartney. And so I think it was – these were Metallica's. These were not just the standard main stage thing for the weekend. Uh, They
1: they probably – yeah. They probably brought them in from their production just for this one show.
0: Yeah. And, and so that whatever they've been using on the cubes in the arena, that's what they were putting up there. So you had it sort of visual on those behind them sort of center stage. And then the, the main big screens on the sides were black. Um, and you could hear it all and it, you know, long lead in and everything else.
1: Oh man, that's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that on like, you know, never disappoints. It's always, you know, great to see them play one live. Um, and then, you know, closing out the main set before the encore with, you know, what they've done for, you know, most of this album cycle, Master of Puppets, obviously, it never disappoints. Uh, you know, it's one of those staple Metallica songs at this point. Um, it's often discussed with us when Hetfield gets into the chorus, you know, the Come Crawling Faster, all that stuff. Did he let the crowd sing it or did he sing it?
0: Um, I don't remember at which point, but there was... Uh, he... he... He let the crowd take in, uh, take over for a bit. And he did his thing where he held up his mic, le- leaned it out over the yeah. crowd for a bit. Um, I don't know if it was exactly that point. But yeah, he he did let the crowd take over for a while.
1: That's cool. I know sometimes it, it's a little weird as a spectator to see that. You're like, oh, I want to hear Hetfield sing. But I can say from personal experience, being in a band and holding your mic over the crowd or letting the crowd sing, they hear them sing your song back to you is one of the most chilling moments as a musician where you let the crowd sing it back to you. You listen to that and it's just like, oh my God, like these people really love our music passionately and they're going to sing this right back to us. And I think it's a very powerful moment. It's much like, you know, you know there's a point during the S&M performance where they're doing master puppets and the crowd sings it and it gives me chills every time you know and when i've seen them do puppets live and and james holds a cr- the mic over the crowd it gives me chills then too
0: yeah yeah it's a great moment yeah. in 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 a crowd that big that diverse that's all in it everybody's bought in by that point
1: no oh, that's awesome so we got puppets uh we got the encore um then the boys walk off stage and then i'm assuming we get the the intro tape as they call it to battery. I love that you got battery, by the way, you could have gotten blackened. Um, but yeah, I puppets, assumed it was puppets in a battery. Come on.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned three off of ride three off of master puppets. Um, right. It, it, yeah. It was a, it was a great set. I was, I, I kind of assumed they weren't going to go spit out the bone. So I was wondering if it was going to be black or battery. I figured it was one of those two. And, um, you can't go wrong either way, but I, that that's a treat to be able to see that. Cause it's not coming out very often right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and it's one of those songs that like, you know, I'm almost 40. It's as a guitar player, it's still to this day, not an easy song to play. And they speed it out. On,
0: yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They totally they do. do. That.
1: Yeah. And it's I mean, it's like, you know, when I saw Battery live, it was just like, oh, my God, these dudes are, dudes are in their 50s and still pulling off the song like it's no big deal. And it's such a great song to come back from the encore from.
0: Yeah. and And you mentioned the, you know, they do the tape intro, but it's such a it's such a soft, melodic intro, too, which is which is nice because then it just, like you said, it almost melts your face off when it gets going and they speed it up and it feels even faster at the end when they get the, yep. you know, the crowd chanting with it. And, um, yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the tape thing when they first started doing the tape thing, like to my, to my you know recollection, uh, in the past, at first I thought like, Oh, are they just kind of copping out? They don't want to play the intro, but the older I get and the more shows I've seen and live footage I've seen, to me, all that little tape thing does is just build anticipation to what's about to come.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they do and they do
1: such a, a, a great job. I mean, they do it with the battery, they do it with blackened, they do it with spit out the bones. So many songs, and uh, uh, God, uh, wherever I'm in Rome, I love it. It's it's almost like you know the uh, the opening credits of a movie. You're like, oh my god, it's starting. Here we go.
0: Yeah. And it buys them another 30 seconds, which at their age, I'm not going to begrudge them at all. So
1: no, not at all, man. I mean, I get it. I mean, dude, I mean, I'm 15 years younger than most of those dudes and I'm still kind of like, Oh, I need a break. Hang on a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so we have the, you know, the, the, what they've been doing the entire worldwide tour, we've got nothing else matters and it's Sandman, arguably two of their biggest songs ever. Um, so nothing else matters. Did Kirk do like his little intro kind of noodly thing first?
0: Um, yes, they put Kirk right up front and let him lead it in, um, which you know, okay. which which I enjoy. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a few times I've seen it where it's kind of like that's eh, you know it's not great, but overall you know he he does a, a cool little melodic intro with some you know chorus on the guitar things like that. But once they go into that E minor, and then the excitement builds, and it's like, and and Clint and I have talked about this. Nothing else matters is one of those songs that you start at the bottom of the mountain and you just keep climbing and keep climbing and keep climbing. And like when that solo hits and Hetfield does his like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you reach you you reach the peak of the mountain right there. And and even live, I think it's it's so exciting. And God, I, I don't know how many times I've heard that song you know, in my ears probably a thousand times, but it's still exciting.
0: Yeah. And, and during like, same thing, I've heard that song so many times. I've seen it live so many times that, you know, I kind of looked around and just watched the crowd as much as I watched them during, during that song. And, you know, off to my left, there was some 20 something year old girl up on her boyfriend's shoulders, just belting out every word, um, awesome. at the top of her voice and she couldn't have been happier. And to see, you know, like I said, a pretty young, diverse crowd getting into it. Um, he, he, yeah, that's why they're there. That was a great moment.
1: Right. Exactly. And it's one of those things, you know, from nothing else matters, even in, in, in Sandman, there's these songs they have in their, in their catalog that no matter what your age is, something about these songs connect with you. And those songs mean something to you, and the energy means something to you, and and you can't help but just scream scream it back to the band, whether you're seeing them live or whether you're listening on headphones or in your car. I mean, I mean to this day, like, you know, I'll run errands and listen to the Black Album, and when songs like Nothing Else Matters come on, and that yeah yeah happens before James's solo, I still get chills, and I'm like, God, like there's there's so much passion in this, and it translates from the band. To the record, to the fans, and you just sing it right back to them.
0: Well, and you've known the song for so long, it, you kind of take it for granted how good of a song both of them are, right? You, yes, you, you, of course. You hear it, you've heard it a million times, but if you just stop and actually get into it, they're just they're phenomenal songs, which is why you've heard them a million times.
1: And this is also why Metallica is the by far the number one of the big four. I mean, they, they're they are clearly the best songwriters of the big four and that's not to knock anthrax slayer or uh and megadeth but they just wrote the best songs yeah and it's cl- clearly evident on the black album and that's why they still close the set with these two songs so moving on to enter sandman the final song of the set which they've they've they can't not play this song it's it'd be stupid if they didn't but and call it overplayed, whatever you will, but it's still a Metallica staple, and it's still one of their best-written songs, one of the best riffs of all time in metal. Um, did the crowd just go crazy? They when did they started the song.
0: Yeah, James does his thing where he, you know, holds the pick up with the city name and date and everything on it for mm-hmm. the camera, and the crowd goes nuts, and um, you know, the entire festival. It, it, you know, there were a few little pits that would break out here and there throughout the set, but for the most part, it was fairly tame. But then you see the that opening riff, the entire crowd just start jumping, right? And so to see a big oh, festival awesome. crowd just, just go nuts, that's always great.
1: Well, I can't wait to watch the set uh, online, the stream of it. You know, like I said before, I, I purposely did not watch it because I wanted to talk to you and feel some excitement from, you know, your report from the show. Um, one thing that's cool too, uh, I, uh, they ended after that, they did the little friends of yeah. sanity outro, right?
0: Yeah, they did. And, um, you know, I, I, I know better by now, but I still always hold out hope that maybe they, ta- they, they drag it on a little bit longer than they normally do, <laughs> pl- but it, pl- it never does.
1: Pl- it never does, but it, it's a nice little tease. You know, when I saw them in Detroit with Clint and Paul Moak, it was, uh, it was, they, they, they tease at the end and it was really cool. Um, but, you know, at that point, they've played under Sandman. Like, they're not going to play all of Freight Ends of Sanity, even though we would all sit back and listen.
0: Yeah. Oh, it would have been great. But, uh, no, there's not oh, a yeah. chance. And yeah, not a chance. <laughs> and, and, and they finished that, and the house lights come on, and um, there were a bunch of fireworks going off above the main stage, which I think, you know, those were the Austin City Limits, you know, crew taking over, right? This is the end of the night. Right. The headliner yeah. Saturday night. We're going to put in put a bunch of fireworks up and it was actually kind of cool because you could see James kind of taking the moment. Cause I don't think he knew that those were coming or maybe he was told, but he'd forgotten who knows. But all of a sudden he turned around and he started just looking up, watching the fireworks and sort of taking the whole thing in, which was cool. Um, and then he, you know, yeah. James was, James is a dad joke guy because and then also he looks over at the he sees himself on the big screen and he puts a hand up to cover his, his spot that's starting to go a little bald where it's getting a little thin in the back. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was nice to see those guys sort of soak it in, too.
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know, this is one, one thing that we, we've touched on a little bit, but um, a band that's been around for so long to see them still enjoy these little moments in their shows and in front of the crowds on tour. It's obvious they really still care about what they do, what the records they're making, the tours they're doing, they, and most importantly, they really care about the fans. Um, but it's really encouraging to see that they're still excited about what they're doing. You know, they're not phoning it in. They're not just getting up there going, "All right, we got another, do another stupid show. Let's let's play the hits and walk away." Like they really yeah. are soaking it in and loving it.
0: Yeah. And it's great. I, I love watching, you know, we hadn't talked about the crab walk really, but you know, even when, when bells <laughs> is on and you know, Kirk's getting into it with Rob and you can see that they're having fun with it, which is great. I love, I love yeah. that.
1: No, it's great. And, and that's one of those things, you know, I often tell people, you know, maybe younger musicians I talk to that, you know, are, are trying to get into the business and this and that. And, you know, I always encourage them like, look, whether you're making money at this or not, continue to have fun at it to continue to enjoy it because when you started you didn't start learning guitar to make money you learned it because it was fun and if the fun goes away then stop doing it and it's clear to me and you and all the Metallica fans out there that these guys are still having fun and that's most important here
0: yeah and and the crowd the crowd loved it the crowd was in for them um, you know, and they hung on every second, you know, Metallica fans, I think know when, like you said, Sam Ann and Freight Ends is done that they're done, but the crowd still was chanting one more song and they were ready to go. Oh and, yeah. Um, and that's nice. And, you know, Lars comes in and Dills does, does his little thing about, you know, here's the first time we came into town and here's all the places we played. And it was, it was kind of right. fun to hear him say, and we'll see you next Saturday. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you, are you going next Saturday? No, I'm not, uh, next weekend. Uh, my, it was my son's birthday. So I am not, uh, you know, if I want to uh, stay excuses. married, I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm <laughs> not gonna do that. So I focused on weekend one. Um, but I you're, will be curious to man. see how this set list changes, right. Um, how much of oh, it think, they keep the same.
1: Gonna, yeah, I think, I think they're going to change some stuff. Obviously they'll, they'll do the one, two punch with the and Atlas, uh, so you can they'll probably change the creeping death slot. Maybe, maybe welcome home sanitarium slot. Uh, yeah, we'll be talking to someone else next week about this, uh, the next ACL show. But, um, yeah, you're a smart man. Sp- obviously spend time with your, with your son on his birthday. <laughs> That's way more important than anything. <laughs> as much yeah, as you want to go too
0: young to take him for his birthday for that. So,
1: yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, Mike, I can't thank you enough for talking with me about this show, um, it sounded like it was so exciting and, and I wish we were there. Um, and again, thank you for taking time out of your evening after driving home from Austin to talk to me.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. This was fun. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, like I said, I, I, I'll be listening for next week's recap too, cause I want to hear how, uh, how the show next week is a bit different. So.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, and, uh, I did this in the, the last metal tales from the road episode I did, but, uh, I think it's, uh, It might become a new thing, but um, I feel like the two of us should call out for somebody real quick if you don't mind participating. Uh, (laughs) Hang on. Paul. 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 I don't think he's here. I don't think he's here. Dang it. Well, thanks for trying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Again, everyone, Mike heck yeah man Uh, Mike Mike Fail from Houston Texas thank you for uh, talking to me about the ACL show and uh, everyone listening make sure you go to our Patreon page patreon.com slash Melbier Podcast email us melbierpodcastshow gmail.com get involved if you want to be an on-site reporter and talk to us about the show you've seen you can only do it through Patreon we're only getting patrons on this ride here so get involved in that check it out and uh I think that's about it, Mike. Should we should we uh, sign off here?
0: That'll do. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We got it all. I think.
1: All right, we we covered it all. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. See you later.
0: Hey, this is Ethan and Clint
1: from Metallica Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon.
0: That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show, to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show.
1: Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Black End which is the official Metal your Podcast
0: Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects that Ethan and I might be involved in. There's
1: all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash metal your podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P A T R E O com slash metal your podcast. And if you really think about
0: it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios.